welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. Hello. So I'm Sarah, for those of you who don't know me. I have bought my bag, but it will all be revealed later. Um... So I manage a charity called Family Space, and we work in this community and kind of with St. Barnabas Church and Aidan St. Silas Church and Hester's Way Baptist Church. Just, I'm sure lots of you probably know about Family Space, but just to kind of update you, we've now done our merger with the YMCA. So we are now not quite 100%, but 99% officially kind of joined as one, one charity. So, which is really great for us. So it means that we can begin to grow and expand the work. And yeah, if you want to know more about what we do, then please come and talk to me afterwards. So, oh, look, that's handy. We can see the slides. So, um, this is what I'm talking about today. Who can tell what this is? This is my daughter's, who's now 21, rabbit. It's called Pink Rabbit. I don't know where she got the name from. But that is what it's called. I'll leave, him, I'll leave her there. She is a girl. So today I'm talking about God's love. And God loves us, even though we're not perfect, just like a child loves their soft toy. And then what should our response be when we experience God's love? So the gospel of Jesus Christ, when taken seriously, is able to meet every human need One of my favorite books is a book called The Velveteen Rabbit. And in that, there's a description. I'm going to quote a little bit from it. It's a a children's book. It was written in 1922. Go back, go back. Um, It was written in 1922. So if anyone hasn't read it, then I thoroughly recommend it because it's the most gorgeous story of how a boy loves his rabbit. And I say, this is our rabbit. So the unconditional love of God is described in this book in an extract from The Velveteen Rabbit, which I'll read to you in a minute. Um, It's a description of love unmerited, undeserved, that we can see that leads to Jesus, God's only son, to come to earth to live and die for the salvation and relationship with man. And it's, it just the mirror imagery of it is incredible. And therefore, it also shows us how to love and care for others using this example of love. So what I did is I asked a few friends to sh- send in their pictures of how they love their rabbits. So we can have the first slide. So this is my niece. This is rabbits. And it's definitely got S on the end of it because they had two bunnies, so they were rabbits. So that's my niece, Anna. So um, we'll come up to that quote in a minute, so you can read that. So the Velveteen Rabbit tells us that the boy loved the rabbit no matter what. He loved the rabbit no matter what he looked like. And with this picture of love, we know there is acceptance of us and who we are. We can realize God created us, planned for our days, knows us and accepts us for who we are and most importantly loves us unconditionally and then we can reflect upon when we need to remember that God not only loves us but we can remember how he loves us and then I like to use this velveteen rabbit concept to tell others that God loves them and how God loves them and then alongside this how to love others 
As I say, this, this quote that you can read it. Children love their rabbits. Who's got a child or who knows a child that absolutely loves their soft toy, even though they're not perfect and they've loved all their noses off and their ears off? This rabbit here's got a bandage on its arm. It's been loved so much. This rabbit has to live on the shelf because it can't be cuddled anymore in case it breaks. She wants to keep it forever. So God's love sent Jesus to the cross, and Jesus' unconditional love for humankind on that Good Friday kept him there when he could have chosen to come down. And Jesus' resurrection on the Sunday shows us this, that God's love once and for all covers us. So in the Velveteen Rabbit book, the simple image, image of a boy loving a toy or Anna loving hers, told so beautifully through this story, is image, we, imagery we can all relate to from childhood. Who had a favorite toy when they were a child? Who still has that favorite toy? Ah, next week shall we all bring them to church and we can tell us about them. <laughs> and so we can then understand it as the way Jesus loves humankind and loves them enough to die on the cross on that Friday. So let's have the next picture. This little girl didn't want to be shown. So The Velveteen Rabbit is a book about a boy's love for a rabbit. It tells the story of a toy rabbit's desire to become real through the love of its owner. A boy is given a rabbit for Christmas, and the boy loves him. When we're introduced to the rabbit, he's brand new and lovely to look at. And over the course of the story, the rabbit gradually finds it's his self-worth as he learns what it means to be real. Being real for the rabbit isn't about being a toy, but about wanting to be loved. And then this is the quote from before. Weeks passed, and the little rabbit grew very old and shabby, but the boy loved him just as much. He loved him so hard that he loved all his whiskers off, and the pink lining to his ears turned grey, and his brown spots faded. He began to lose his shape, and he scarcely looked like a rabbit anymore, except to the boy. To him, he was always beautiful, and that was all that the little rabbit cared about. He didn't mind how he looked to other people because the nursery magic had made him real. And when you're real, shabbiness doesn't matter. So though our feelings come and go, so I say this was my daughter's favorite toy. It's not, it is still her favorite toy, but she doesn't take it everywhere she goes now. Rod, do you still take your favorite toy everywhere you go? No. So God's love for us doesn't. So sometimes our feelings for our toys go, but God's love for us doesn't. Let's have the next slide. And then the next slide. So as I say, Jesus' love is a value-creating love. So this is one of the little girls that we look after on a Monday at creche in timeout, and she always brings this rabbit with her. In fact, I saw her in town having, um, when I was meeting someone, and I recognized the rabbit before I recognized the girl. So the type of love that Jesus showed us is more than just a feeling or an emotion, and it's called agape love, unconditional and sacrificial. God shows us a selfless love that loves others sacrificially and can be shown in many different ways. And we can see this lots of times in the Bible in the way Jesus treated his enemies. For example, Jesus showed love to people that he knew would end up killing him. Right, let's have the next slide and then we'll leave it there with the slides. That's brilliant. So Jesus' love is a value-creating love. It doesn't consider whether or not the person being loved is attractive or worthy of love. 
Instead, the person becomes attractive and worthy because of being loved. So in, the, in, the pas- in a passage from the Velveteen Rabbit, the toy horse tells the rabbit what it is to be real. The toy horse tells the rabbit a powerful description of love and that our own human love is superficial by comparison. So it says, generally, by the time you're real, most of your hair's been loved off. Your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you are real, you can't be ugly except to people who don't understand. And we can describe Jesus' love like this. So I don't love you because you're precious and beautiful. But if you are precious and beautiful because I love you, that's love like Jesus shows. I'll read that again. So I don't love you because you are precious and beautiful. But if you are precious and beautiful because I love you, that's Jesus' love. So the the rabbit in the story longed to be loved. And it's like humankind, like us here, and the people that we work with and that we know in our workplaces and our community. Humankind yearns and longs to be loved. Christians believe Jesus' love is selfless in that it won't be taken back once given. Unlike the love of another person, God's love is unconditional and eternal. Scripture reminds us that God will love us for eternity because nothing can separate us from this love. Selfless love is genuine. It cannot be taken back once given. I say, unlike the child with the toy, because eventually when the child grows up, the toy goes back on the shelf, or the love of another person that we know all too well can fade. God's love is unconditional and eternal. And the Bible reminds us that nothing can separate us from his love. So Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? True love is being loved so much that someone knows all your defects and still chooses to love you anyway. As scripture says, true love covers a multitude of imperfections because it comes from God, whose love is perfect. And so the New Testament references this agape love over 200 times. And we all know that famous passage often read at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13, which lays out a list of things that define the same love that Jesus shows. And we often think that these verses define what we put in context with love for a spouse or a child, their family or friends. But these verses actually define the love that Jesus gives. Love not for people already known and cared about, but for others not known or even liked. Jesus' love says, if I cannot love you for you or who you are, then I will do so despite who you are. It's entirely selfless, and reciprocation or lack thereof cannot alter it. It is unique, perfect, and without condition. So 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and love never fails. So love is not just a feeling, but a choice. So loving like Jesus does, it doesn't come naturally to us. However, it does come naturally to God. 
So by drawing closer to God and experiencing God's love, we can understand what God's love means and allows this love to change us and free us from doubt, self-criticism, self-loathing, our feelings of not being good enough. And then we can go on to look at once we've experienced this love, how can we then really love each other? So John, 1 John 3, 16, the author describes what it means to love. So this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Or the message translation puts it really well, I think. My dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality. So loving one another, putting words into deeds, actions and truths, or being loved by God changes us, and then we can love others as the command of Jesus tells us to in John 13, 34. So a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So then Jesus tells his disciples to love one another, and by doing so, they would then distinguish themselves as disciples of Jesus. So Jesus made it clear that this demonstrated love between his disciples would be how people would know God and come to know who he is by seeing this witness. So God's love is not only the love he has for us, but also the love that he asks us to show him and other people. So Christian love is about loving others even if we don't like them. This means we love a person despite their flaws or shortcomings. It's about giving to others, sacrificing our time, energy, and resources for someone else without expecting anything in return. So C.S. Lewis, I'm sure we've all heard of him, says this, Though the fall has invited such selfishness to linger heavy in our culture, ours is the gospel charge to go to the nth degree to love those who are broken, not for some vague humanitarian effort, but to make disciples of all nations. So if we have learned what Jesus' love is and then experienced it for ourselves, what's the next course of action? So the next course of action is to show this love to the broken and tell them that this love can transform their life and then they, in turn, will lo love others and see their lives transformed, as their own has beforehand. Knowing God and being in relationship with him is to experience the greatest of loves, freedom, lasting joy, and peace, relationship, and experiencing God's purpose. So God's love tells people, young and old, of Christ's unconditional, unending, unlimited, unmerited love. And the simple message is this. God's love is accepting all of our inadequacies. He sacrificed himself in an act of love, choosing to come to earth to rescue us from our sin that separated us from God, and as a result, we're transformed. So this little rabbit here, he's happy, so happy that he doesn't notice how, how his beautiful fur was getting shabbier and shabbier, and the tail was coming unsown and the pink rubbed off on his nose. So we don't notice, do we? The, we're, if we're loved, this is what love is, to love somebody even though this is, they don't look perfect. So I can look at this in my personal experience of needing love. 
finding in God and being truly accepted by him. So I can see myself as less beautiful, less worthy of love than my peers. I feel as if I'm not worthy of love. In our life, God's love makes us become real versions of ourselves. He transforms us from sinners into children of God, slaves to freedom, and from orphans into sons and daughters. And we find our identity and acceptance in Christ and in his unconditional love. So this is agape love, being loved when someone knows all that person's defects and still chooses to love them anyway. So true love covers a multitude of imperfections because it comes from God whose love is perfect. God sees beyond our fading pink satin ears and fraying whiskers. He looks at us and sees Jesus' perfect obedience. Instead of our dirty robes, he sees clean robes of righteousness. So experiencing and knowing God's love is the best way to demonstrate Christian belief. God's love is compelling. When one knows in their heads and believes in their heart, with an awakening of this knowledge by the Holy Spirit, their lives are transformed and ruined for the sake of living for anything else but knowing and sharing the love of Jesus. To be a Christian is to be loved by the world, to be loved by God, driving people to share the need for all of mankind to know the love of God. When people are looking for fulfillment in life, knowing Jesus and experiencing love flowing from a relationship with Jesus, that's what's needed. And we know that famous passage, John 3:16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus' love is defined in the cross and it shows us the ultimate definition of love. So I guess this is what I do now in my working life and my waking hours, including the absolute privileged position I have of managing family space. It is the reason I get up in the morning I choose to show God's love to others, taking up his commission in Matthew 28 to go and make disciples, to love others unconditionally as Jesus did, to love and serve others. So I'm working on practicing love in my daily life. As we know, it's not easy and we've got a long way to go. It requires me to set aside my desires and treat the needs of others as more important than my own. It requires a lot of patience and requires me to treat people respectively, even when they're difficult and unlovable. It requires me to serve others willingly and joyfully without complaining or resentment. It requires me to uplift a person even when I don't think they deserve it. Love is about responding to others when faced with difficulties, sacrificing without complaining and loving again and again. It's not easy and we can probably all know it doesn't come naturally to most of us at all. So it's a choice we make to serve others with humility and without judgment. So the love of God has tra transforms mankind. It teaches us to find acceptance and wholeness. If one experiences this love, it changes them not only for themselves, for their own personal walk with God, but changes you to tell others and show others of this unconditional, sacrificial love. It demonstrates wholly the way God loves and how we can love others. So this is how we should love others, those who are unlovable, those who have let us down 25 times and more, 
Those who live in this community who, through the circumstances they find themselves in, often know through no fault of their own, often victims of their upbringing, often turning to drink, drugs, and violence as a coping strategy. Jesus loves all of these. He came to the cross for them, just as he came to the cross for you and me. So this is what we do as staff and volunteers at Family Space. But love isn't just about what we do at Family Space. It's not just limited to us. It's about us loving those whom we work with, loving those who don't turn up for our appointments, loving those who spend all their money on something else which isn't food. They're no less needed of God's love than we were, or that we are, and Jesus died for them on that cross in the same way he dies for us. So can you think of somebody that you know who is unlovable? Maybe someone who's let you down. Maybe who's someone who doesn't turn up when you agree to meet them. And what would Jesus do? He would understand their life circumstances. He'd understand their background, what they'd been through, and what had happened to them to form who they'd become. He'd see their potential. He'd forgive them and speak truth in love to them. And he would love them as we're called to love others, unconditionally, self-sacrificially loving. So back to this verse, just as we end. This is what it's in John 1, 3, 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Thank you. Um, Sarah, while we've got you, um, we know quite a lot about your work as family space. Um, cost of living crisis coming up, September, October, it's already hit many, especially those at the lower income end of uh, spectrum and on benefits. How can we best um, encourage you, pray for you, volunteer? In other words, how do we help family space in, in the work that will become even more important? Uh, definitely pray, definitely pray. Things are um, ramping up. So the work that we do through Feed Cheltenham, we are seeing people with real, real need who are this kind of um, phrase of choosing to eat or heat their house. That's a very, very real um, situation that people are finding themselves in. Um, if you can find a little bit extra to put something in a food bank box or donate to your local food pantries, that would be really, really valuable. If you've got time to volunteer, um, we always need people who can come and talk to people. We're going to start some things in September, which um, hopefully something at St. Barnabas Church that we're going to do called Tea and Toast on a Friday morning. And it's just an opportunity for people to come and have somewhere warm, have some breakfast, have some people to talk to. So we're always, always looking for people to come and get to know people and build relationships because it's out of those relationships that we can then show the love of Jesus. Um, people want someone to listen to them. They want someone to just talk to them, someone to not judge them. And so if you've got time over the summer holidays, we've got lots of opportunities. I'm running a pizza and board game club on a Tuesday evening, um, which is, well, four till six Tuesday tea time. So if you've got time to come down and um, talk to people, play a board game, that would just be absolutely fantastic. What, so what we need more and more is just people to talk and just share God's love, really, in kind of practical ways and just 
not judging someone, listening to them. And then practical ways, yeah, please donate food to the food banks because I think at the moment the food banks are going through about three to 5,000 items of food a week. So there's a massive amount of food that we're having to provide. So, And we know it's going to get worse. Uh, I'm at PCC tomorrow. I'm asking PCC what our response as a parish is going to be to the cost of living crisis uh, that is going to crash upon us in September. Um, you just need to look at the projections that are going forward. We know it's going to be tough, um, e even for those who you know, have a little bit extra at the moment but there are so many that are going to be maybe crushed by this. So I'm asking PCC, what is our response? And no doubt we will be joining with Family Space in, in the response that we do offer. So please be praying. In fact, let's, let's just do that right now. Uh, we'll pray for Family Space, for Sarah and all who work and volunteer for them. Generous God, you have shown us your love in Jesus Christ. You've given us a new command to love one another, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we pray, Lord, that you'd turn our love outwards now towards the world you created. And we pray especially for our local communities, for the work of family space. We thank you for all who work, for volunteer. We pray you would bless their work, and you bless their work with enough money to go about what they want to do, with enough volunteers to make a difference and share that human face of love. We pray that those conversations might bring not only practical help, but life in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that you'd show us as a church, with our friends, Lord, how we can be there and roll up our sleeves as well. We pray for our different communities. We long to see them buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. And as we pray for our communities this morning, we also pray for our nation, a, a week of political tumult. We pray to you, Lord God, your Holy Spirit would be the unseen hand in what now unfolds. We pray for good leadership of this country. We pray for a government that would lead with a heart for justice. We thank you for our democracy, Lord, and we pray that you'd bless it and help us to take our part. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search Westchelt across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again.